I'm Alan, and my pronouns are they, them. I'm Kaylee, and my pronouns are she, her. And my name is Danielle. My pronouns are she, her, and you are listening to Target Snark It, a weekly podcast from Broad Digital Consulting. Okay. Oh my God. This is it. This is our moment. I know. <laughs> we're about, we're going to do so much. I'm kind of scared. I know me too. It's going to be so good though. I think it is going to be good. Danielle's going to be so impressed. Hopefully. Hey, hi, hello there. And welcome to Target Snark It, a weekly podcast produced by the team at Broad Digital Consulting. I'm Kaylee. I'm the Sergeant of Digital Strategy and the Creative Czar at Broad Digital. So mad at you for that. That's like digital strategy guru, but like it's adjacent. Sergeant. (laughs) You're right. It has more empowerment behind it. Yeah. I'm Alan and I am the Chief Annoyance Officer, aka the Project Manager at Broad. If this is your first time listening to our little piece of the podcast world, thank you for joining us on this lovely Tuesday. And if you're joining us again, thank you for coming back. Welcome back. Please make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube if you want to watch our faces during all of this. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok for funny little bits. This whole episode might just be a bit, but you know, and then just like, like us wherever you're enjoying today's podcast. If you haven't noticed yet, the kids are free. We're running the house. Danielle's <laughs> not here. As we've mentioned many a times, Danielle might have too many things on her plate. It happened. <laughs> it happened. Somebody didn't calendar daddy. That's, Danielle. That's on her daddy. <laughs> That ain't on us. It me, Um, I'm the daddy. No. So anyway, let us know if you love the Kaylee and Awen show, uh, the subsector of the Target Snarket community, and we'll probably have more episodes of just the two of us. So any insights, questions, or things you would want us to talk about, let us know, and we'll have a fun party time. There are the bisexual finger guns. That was Uh, fast. That was. They're out in the first two minis. God, this episode is already. So, Alan, I wanted to talk about your new social media hobby. I I love it, but please explain to the cat to the to the class what you've been doing lately. Yeah, my new favorite thing is (laughs) on people's stories on their Instagram stories. Like, I just comment and respond fake. Like the word fake, but I'll do it like to every single story. Like if they have like a whole bunch of them in a row, I'll just be like fake, 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 fake. And usually like the first one, people are like defensive. They're like, no, this is a legit source. Or like this picture's real, dude. And then by the sixth time I've done it, like oh, they're, then they're, they get it. <laughs> yeah, they're annoyed. And like I've moved it over to Facebook where I'm just like literally commenting on any anybody's status i'll just put fake <laughs> like I even when like it's it irrelevant has, it has stronger power on facebook than it does on instagram yeah <laughs> totally because because like on facebook everybody's so mad all the time i feel like it's yeah. like i mean i guess tiktok arguably has mad subset 
subsex. That word seems incorrect. Subsector? Subsectors? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my new hobby. It's like one of those things where I'm like, maybe I'm the only person that this is funny to. Like, I don't think that like my victims maybe (laughs) (laughs) enjoy it as much as me, but no. I know for me, it, I already knew that you were doing this to people. You did it to me the first time with my Conan O'Brien TikTok. And I was like, yeah, I'm getting it. And then the <laughs> second time it was something where like the Irish Catholic in me just came out screaming. It was like, you're right. It was a lie. <laughs> like I'm actually calling you out. Yeah. I bet you're going to get the tea that way. <laughs> I totally. I mean, my poor partner was my first like, <laughs> and they were like, I know it's not a real picture, but it's beautiful. Okay. It has a <laughs> rainbow and it's about our love. And I was like, I'm so sorry, babe. It's fake. You uh- choose me. <laughs> <laughs> so today, I think we have a really exciting episode It's a hot topic currently. I'm sure it will continue to be until it's out of the news. Uh, But today we're going to talk about the TikTok ban. The TikTok. Let's get banned. Let's get banned. (laughs) So as we're recording this episode, TikTok CEO Sho Zi Chu, I wanted to make sure I pronounced that correctly, has taken the stand as many social media CEOs before him at his congressional hearing. While the United States government has shown yet again that they don't research before any of these hearings, uh, I've been seeing a lot of TikToks going around with like Pedro Pascal being like, this is the data China's collecting. And that's (laughs) just wrong. Um, I've seen YouTubers making videos about it now. It's brought up like a huge First Amendment and censorship argument. So I just wanted to talk about it and what it is, what it isn't, have you seen anything about it lately, Alan? Yeah, like primarily my consumption has been hilarious TikToks, you know, yes. <laughs> especially making fun of the hearing. Did I send you that one of the guy that's like got the glasses on and he's like, if I connect the TikTok <laughs> to the Wi-Fi, is TikTok yeah. the Wi-Fi? <laughs> hilarious. Because honestly, like those boomer Congress folks are not helping anything no. with their like remedial understanding of like basic technology yeah like this is important the things that they want to actually talk about in terms of data collection and what countries that don't own that data are able to do with it I think it's like a really big discussion and it just got so blanket covered by people being like so are you listening when I publish a video that has Taylor Swift in it and it's just like dude what what are we talking about like Oh, sorry. What? Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, that being said, like, I don't know that my consumption of the hearings has been like the most astute uh, or I don't know the word I'm looking for, but like thorough. Like I haven't gone and gotten off TikTok to see what it was actually like, you know, which uh, is a problem in and of itself, probably, you know, that's where I'm getting my news. It's like six and a half hours long of trial yeah so you know some light watching for me (laughs) but I wanted to take our special time together that I cherish so much that I record it for future purposes and remember these (laughs) conversations forever uh (laughs) to talk 
talk about the history of the app, how we got here. Does that sound Gucci? Yeah. Do you remember when I misused the word sus on a call yesterday? Like yeah. you saying Gucci. I just remembered that last night I got an intrusive thought before I was going to bed about it. Like you said anyways. sus incorrectly with confidence, though. <laughs> I did. I did. Like with a millennial zest, <laughs> a fervor. <laughs> Speaking of fervor, let's go. I'm into this topic. I'm okay. like super fascinated by the like journey of TikTok. Oh, it's a journey. I need everyone to buckle in. We might be taking out some tinfoil later to talk about mm. conspiracy theories, but we're going to go all the way back in time to the creation of TikTok. Um, <laughs> let's go all the way to the beginning of this tale, which starts way, way, way back in April of 2014. So not that long ago. This little app called Musical.ly was created by two longtime friends, Alex Zhu and Lu Yu Yang in Shanghai, China. The app was originally intended to provide educational videos to users that were going to be like three to five minute long educational clips. They were not able to get additional funding to create this huge broad idea, though. So they shortened the clips to 60 seconds and they were like, let's add some music to it. Yeah. <laughs> And that's how this whole thing started. So after noticing they got a lot more people to be using the apps on Thursdays, which is when they would be showing lip sync battle, the app kind of went all in and put all of their focus on this more lip sync aspect of the app. And by August, we have officially launched Musical.ly. Oh my God. Like I remember getting ads for Musical.ly. Mm -hmm. um, all over like other platforms. And I did not know that it was the advent of TikTok. Basically, I like, yeah. I always feel like I thought they, the ads look super sketchy, like almost like those programmatic ads you see when you're playing on your phone games and yes. they're trying to get you to buy more <laughs> games. And I was like, I'm not going to lie. I was like, this looks pretty fun, but I don't want a computer virus. Like that's yeah. what I remember of Musical.ly. <laughs> did you ever get on it? I never got on Musical.ly. I mean, 2014, that should be Vine years, right? Mm -hmm. But I know my sister's nephew was like 10, 12, and he was doing like Musical.ly. And she was being like, I don't know what he, he has a whole lot of fun with this video. And to see it morph not that far from what it originally was is kind of funny to me. Yeah, it still exists as that. Um, by December of 2016, ByteDance, which is a Chinese technology company, they, became, they began acquiring a bunch of different apps uh, that were performing well throughout Southeast Asia. So that includes a news platform in Indonesia called Babe and Flipagram. I'm not entirely sure which country Flipagram came from, uh, but it was created by Farhad Mohit, who previously created BizRate, which is now known as Shopzilla. So ByteDance has been kind of collecting a bunch of different apps to try to see which one has the best algorithm, essentially, that they can continue to go off of. And then they found it by August of 2017. Yeah. ByteDance acquired Musical.ly. They used Mer Musical.ly and Flipagram to rebrand it as TikTok. Interesting. So do you know, what do you think... So, I mean, you might have already answered this, like the algorithm is what made it. Is, is that what like made it 
such a hit? Like, or did they take like they took already popular things and smushed them together and created a whole new algorithm from that? Yeah. So usually what a lot of tech companies do, and I know most of, I will say most of my information is coming from watching the show on HBO Silicon Valley. <laughs> but what a lot of tech investors will do or big companies are just continue to purchase. Actually, Google does this. They will purchase a lot of like maybe direct competitors or people that are like competitor adjacent so that they can grow in a certain department. And usually they go after people that have some sort of significant algorithm. If it's the show Silicon Valley, he's able to like create a new internet basically. So people are trying to purchase that algorithm that he's created. But yeah, so that's kind of what ByteDance had been doing for almost two, three years at this point. Just keep focusing on only ones that are already popular and then trying to get an algorithm to create like a popular app. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. TikTok's not like a huge Frankenstein baby. It's mainly Flipagram and uh, Musical.ly, but they probably have aspects from other apps that they purchased as well. Okay. Okay, so by April of 2018, so less than a year before they rebranded, TikTok was already becoming the number one app downloaded in Q1 of 2018. And we aren't even in the pandemic yet. Oh, the pandemic, TikTok Central. <laughs> by October of 2019, TikTok had made an official statement clarifying its content moderation and data privacy tactics for collecting, storing, and use of its owner's data. Okay, so this feels like the first moment where little flaggies are waving in the yeah. wind. Like, do you know if something spurred this on where they're like, like, did they get in trouble and then they were like, now we have to clarify this? Or were they like... I think a big thing with the U.S. government and probably with other countries is like, this is kind of the first time it's overtopped a lot of um, American apps within the U.S., like it's kind of one of the first foreign apps that is performing so well and getting downloaded at such a high rate that we don't know what other countries do when they collect that app, only because right now Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, those are all on American soil. So we know that data is being stored in America, essentially. Okay, so TikTok is like clearly on the rise. It's hit mm -hmm. like new heights and then they're essentially like, we better like let people know yeah be because like, we're like hey, we're feeling the heat yeah yeah it's fine you're safe keep making your videos yeah yeah so then march 2020 march 13th 2020 dun, dun, dun. lockdown we're in the pandemic okay so now within the first quarter of 2020 318 million downloads of the app had happened uh, and they hit 53.5 million weekly average users in the U.S. by the first week of September of 2020. That means the app within only nine months saw a 75% increase in users from the beginning of the year, which is 33 times larger than its next direct competitor at the time, Likey, which only averaged <laughs> 1.6 million weekly average users in comparison. This is massive. Like yeah. that's massive growth. It's massive growth. It has no competitor at this time because 
Instagram's not reels is kind of like just starting, but it's not TikTok yet. It's, I mean, people are, I I don't think I was using reels by 2020. Oh, hell Um, no. But it's really kind of like the first of its kind. And again, the first of its kind at this scale, that's not in the US, which doesn't make it bad. It's just different. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So here's something though. By June of 2020, India initially banned the app due to concerns of its use of personal data collected by its users. The country decided to give the app another chance though, eventually reinstating the ban a year later, uh, in addition to 58 other apps that they had cut off ties of. All of those got reinstated just a couple of years later. And they were all Chinese-based apps. Yes, Is that- all Chinese-based apps. And India and China historically, like, do not do well together. <laughs> they, not, you know, homies. They, yeah, <laughs> not homies. Not homies. Order isn't great, so there's definitely a lot more concern about like what China could be doing with the people of India's information, especially with again how large of a scale this app is collecting data. Mm-hmm. By August of 2020. Former President Donald Trump signs an initial executive order to ban TikTok on all U.S. mobile devices. I say this with a long sigh because the fact that Trump started this in the U.S. is going to come back to bite us in November. But okay. (sighs) Make America TikTok again. That being said, the China-owned free uh, messaging app WeChat was also banned within this executive order. Uh, one week later, Trump issued a separate a separate executive order giving ByteDance 90 days to divest from its American assets. So fire anyone in the United States that works for TikTok. Any wow. assets, buildings, offices you have in the U.S., you have to give those up, which means in August of 2020, TikTok countersued the U.S. government, accusing Trump's administration of depriving it of due process for banning it on all civilian devices, basically being like, what's your proof, bruh? Yeah. And then arguing that they want to protect the rights of their U.S. TikTok bite dance employees. Interesting. Yes. I mean, that makes sense. They were like, you didn't even take us to trial or like send us anything or let us know. And like 90 days is no time for like a massive like conglomerate like this to to shut down. Actually, I want to see. I wonder what, like, the amount of layoffs that would have caused, you know. I know by the time of the trial that the CEO, I don't want to mispronounce his name, uh, Shu Chu, he had mentioned that over 60% of their offices were in the United States and that three board members are United States citizens. Um, but it looks like they have their main head or their main offices are just Los Angeles and New York. So I mean, that would have been a that would have been a pretty bad impact, uh, you know, in the middle of a pandemic for all those TikTok employees to lose their jobs. Like, yeah, especially when the app is on the rise. Right. Yeah. So they probably anyway. have a lot of employees on their side being like, no, thank you. It's kind of crazy though that we could have had all of these conversations three years ago if right. Trump didn't just be like, whip his dick out and say, how about <laughs> none? How about no TikTok? Look. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we could have had like a constructive, you know, 
conversation with research and but imagine imagine doing imagine. that <laughs> no no we we only want the government to control certain things and not others so we prefer immediate decisions rash decisions that's what we vote for no right. logic no time to research <laughs> <laughs> no Bye. women's rights and no tiktok <laughs> Please By October that. of 2020, Pakistan now starts its ban of TikTok. Pakistan and China, they don't historically have like, it's its not India and China, and it's not the United States and China. I'll put it that way. Uh, the country like India had retracted its ban and gave it, gave it a second chance, but reinstated its ban in 2021. But this is not for data collection. This is for the algorithm. It was banned in Pakistan after a judge argued the videos uploaded to the app were detrimental to the youth of Pakistan with immoral and indecent content being allowed on the platform. I'm not like loving that, you know, like, well, I mean, (laughs) there, there is an element of like, I know you talked about this with a client yesterday. There's an element of like, deep fakes or like really disturbing Mm -hmm. content, like somehow sneaking through the algorithm that like, obviously I want to be protected from like, you know, personally, but you start wondering about again, like women's issues, trans issues, queers issue. What is Pakistan deciding is Mm -hmm. immoral, indecent. Yeah. That kind of, and, and government control over that. It's questionable quick it's gives me the squick <laughs> i'm so proud of you <laughs> may of 2021 is when our man chu zi chu was uh officially named ceo of tiktok so the ceo of tiktok he's only been in off he's in office he's only been in his position for about a year and a half And I want a lot of people to think about that when you think about the wording of a lot of his testimony. He says a lot of the times in the trial, like, while I've been here, while I've been in this position, and it's just something to consider when people are answering. His answers, in my opinion, were very direct to say, like, I do not know if this is happening. And it kind of cuts him off from the company a little bit, which is interesting. Do you know who the CEO was before him? Like, was was it a U.S. national, a Chinese national? There were two CEOs previously of TikTok, and they were both Chinese nationals. Uh, that being said, while Xu Chu is a, you or he works or he lives in China. He lives in the United States. He met his wife in the United States, and he actually started working at Facebook. Like okay. that's how he kind of got started within the whole tech industry. But yeah, just something to chew on. <laughs> we In- will touch on that later. I guarantee it. When our tin hats are on, that'll tin be hats are on. <laughs> tin hat time. In June 2021, the Biden administration revoked the Trump era TikTok ban. They revoked everything at that time, replacing it though with a ban to order a review of the list of social media apps that have an quote-unquote unacceptable risk to the nation's security. Uh, When Biden's administration revoked that Trump-era ban, TikTok magically dropped their suit against the United States government. Okay. In December, so just like 
Just last year, December 2022, the U.S. state governments began banning TikTok on government-issued devices. I know that colleges had also done this and additional state-level governments had done this, uh, making it so that if you are given a phone by the government, like your work phone, uh, you cannot upload TikTok onto it at all. Okay. On the 22nd, Forbes releases a report revealing that TikTok data was collected and used through the app, aka location tracking, actions taken, etc., to spy on two of the publication's journalists. Oof. Okay. So that's that's something that happened, everyone. That's something. <clears throat> <laughs> Uh, one week after that, by Joe Biden, President Joe Biden approved banning TikTok on government devices within 30 of our federal agencies. And on top of that, the government of Taiwan quickly followed the U.S. lead, also banning the app on all government devices. So that's pa- uh, Pakistan, India, Taiwan, and the U.S. is kind of considering it right now. Fun. Okay, ready? Wait. Yes, go ahead. It's about to change. In January of this year, all three institutions of the EU banned the app from government devices. They actually, it was set to begin March 20th. So they are perhaps already gone. So that is like the commission, the EU and the parliament and the European parliament, all banned devices. So that's all of Europe. Bye bye. <laughs> They were like, Uh, fuck this too. (laughs) Yeah. And then at the end of the month, January 28th of this year, we see a weird little balloon entering the airspace of Alaska. People are going, what's that weird balloon? Is there a child in there like before? What is this? (laughs) (laughs) By February 4th. The U.S. finally shot down that first balloon. They shot it down over the coast of South Carolina. So that's like a good week where it went through Alaska, through Canada, into like the Midwest, and then down and exited through South Carolina. So it did like a swoop of the U.S. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. The balloon was found with surveillance equipment tracking capabilities, and steering mechanisms that showed the Chinese government had full control or the Chinese spy program had full control of the direction that the balloon was going in. Then, between February 10th, 11th, and 12th, we found three more unidentified objects. They were significantly smaller than that initial balloon, but they were all shot down in American and Canadian airspace, Alaska, Canada. So it's definitely coming from that direction. That yonder. It's traveling a route, so to speak. Yeah, it's doing the same route. At this time, the National Security Council has stated the latest three objects do not show signs of being a part of the surveillance program. It didn't have a lot of the tech that that first one had, um, but there were discussions as to what the duck China's doing with all the surveillance equipment and within their surveillance program. And between the weather balloons, the data that Chinese corporations could potentially be keeping on their grounds, and we don't know what their security is like otherwise, 
the U.S. Chinese tensions are really high right now. Getting hot. Things it is getting not tense. good right now. I don't love the balloon. I don't love the balloon. I don't love the balloon. Like I could have done without the balloon. I think. In yeah, this- and it's the timing for me. Mm-hmm. Like all these places are ban, 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 and then they're like new way to get information. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like little tin foil on there, but yeah, little t- the the tin foil hat is taking shape. <laughs> we're starting to build it <laughs> we're building it uh-huh by march of 2023 our great friends up north canada joined the list of countries banning the app from government issued phones which right. makes sense because first of all i mean i don't want to see tiktoks from a senator call me crazy like yeah. sorry DeSantis, i don't want to see you do the wednesday adam's dance totally and also like i don't like if there is some way for data to be collected from these work phones. I just don't want anybody wrong to have that data, you know? Yeah, why do it on your work phone too? Yeah, like- Like have a think. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like you don't need it, get over it. Hi, I'm Jordan. You don't know me and that's fine. I want to recommend something to you that you'll love. It's Owen's debut poetry collection, Dead Name, and it's available for pre-order now. Dead Name is a collection of poems that shares the coming of age of one trans and queer person in the new millennia, yet it echoes across all identities to show how embracing the liberating and revelatory act of queer love and transition can not only free queer people, but all of us. Here's what poet Kieran Hodgers had to say about it. You're going to want to sit down for this, put down whatever else you're reading, and call in sick to work. Dead Name is a pulsing, vibrant, and necessary collection that heralds the vivid, visceral experience of heartbreak, joy, wonder, confusion, and hope. Technically astute, creatively playful, and emotionally honed, I am angry at how incredible these poems are, and that is the highest compliment I can offer. So if you like to be mad, sad, happy, moved, and just generally feel things while supporting a queer and trans podcaster you know and love, pre-order Dead Name from Right Bloody UK today. Find the link in our Target Snarket social channel bios on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at Target Snarket. Welcome back with Let's Getting TikTok Banned. Yay. Yay! So we were sitting at the current month that we're sitting in, March 2023, and we are now at March 23rd with our congressional hearing of Chu Zi Chu. So I did my research, Alan, and I watched the six-hour live stream from Washington Post on YouTube to be able to judge. So you, I'm did, you did not. Yeah, I had it in the background, but I watched it. Oh my God, listen. <laughs> I am qualified to talk about this. Yeah. Because I'm a millennial early um, adopter of tiktok for millennials yes. like late for badge yeah yeah i'm i'm owed the badge <laughs> oh so whoever sends it like not a regular millennial cool millennial <laughs> i said that like four times like <laughs> so i want to talk about how even from just the tiktoks you've seen how do you think the ceo presented himself to you oh like composed mm-hmm. um like rational 
like really well, like essentially like looked really intelligent, calm, composed, direct, and patient. That's what I've seen. Yeah, it definitely wasn't giving like Mark Zuckerberg sass that we usually see, but I thought he presented himself really well throughout the trial. Uh, He mentioned like his personal history within the United States to again, try to be like, I am not working for the government of China. Yeah. Uh, And how he met his wife in America. Like I said before, they met in this country, they live in this country. And there's a lot of people that depend on this app, either working for TikTok, small businesses using it to advertise. I mean, you're using it right now to promote your poetry that's about to come out. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this yesterday, like TikTok is like the easiest place right now for me to build an audience. And I have Mm -hmm. one built and like, I would be pretty bummed to lose access to that. So yeah, yeah. I think it was a super smart play. He was answering exactly what the members of Congress were asking, which is like, what, first of all, if you're ever on trial, only answer what you're being asked. Never yeah. go outside the lines. That what you, That's what you should be doing. Yeah. But like, in my opinion, it just made him look so much better because they were asking the wrong questions. Oh my God. Absolutely. Like- his immediate concerns and like arguments that he kind of put right at the top was that number one, ByteDance is not owned or controlled by the Chinese government. Shu uh, Chu even stated that he's been CEO, that as he's been CEO, while he has been CEO, he personally has had no discussions or meeting with anyone from the Chinese government. I am quoting him on that. Uh, 60% of the company is owned by international investors, so not just Chinese and has three Americans on their board of trustees. Number two, TikTok itself is not even available in mainland China. So that's kind of a big deal. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Is it banned or they just like don't? Why? Available, yeah. It's kind of only focused, which, hello, question. I mean, that makes me question, like, why are you not even allowed in your own country? Yeah. But also it has, yeah, it's, there's the sus. It also has a significant amount of employees working within the U.S. I know a bunch of people that were working remotely for TikTok for a long time before a bunch of these tech layoffs that had been happening. So I could see that kind of affecting the U.S. like employment rate significantly just by taking those out. Yeah. Uh, Shuchu also stated that American data that has been created on American soil stays out of international hands and is actually being stored in an Oracle database in Texas. So that means if me and you are making a video in America that that data is being stored, our face, our video, the song we use, that's being stored at the Oracle database in Texas. That being said, uh. He did also mention their company is working towards deleting the data that's being held currently in Singapore from before they made this change. And they're hoping by year end, all American data is held with under the American law within American databases. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, those were his, his four big main points at the beginning. Um, I think all of those are really good. I mean, they're hitting exactly 
the hot spots that I think everyone only listened out for and might not have been like keeping up with. Yeah. Um, so, but overall, he just appeared more professional, more put together, and like, again, not an asshole like fucking Zuckerberg did. Right. And just knowledgeable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, alternatively, how do you feel like the Congress, the members of Congress performed during this trial? Oh my God. I think you already know. They were <laughs> such a fucking mess, dude. Yeah, it was messy. It was all over the board. They wanted to complain about just like everything during the hearing rather than focusing on the actual fucking important stuff. They hit on like what the algorithm does, which kind of more aligns with like why Pakistan banned. Uh, They talked about mental health to children and users, yada, yada, yada. We all have issues with that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It was too all over the point for like they didn't drive home the idea of like how do we how can we trust what is what data that is maybe still in Singapore how is that being used like and even before Singapore for people who are using musically or people like before any of these major changes what has the data been used for and do you know if anyone's been able to tap into it that is like the key things people should be asking in my opinion Right. Well, and like, welcome to the great United States of America, where nobody under the age of like 50 can run for office. I don't know the actual age, but like Mm -hmm. nobody young runs for office really, or stands much of a chance of getting into office, save for some like great exceptions. This has always been kind of dumb and misrepresentative of the population of our country. And not to mention like the ways in which Congress doesn't represent our country yeah like racially you know yeah. with sexual orientation <laughs> like all of the things like disabilities that like it just it's supposed to be representative but it's not and in mm-hmm. here i think age is one of the more poignant issues and the lack of understanding of technology really was huge was huge like The difference between these folks who were clearly not digital natives and like the CEO of TikTok Mm -hmm. is a digital native, like looks, I mean, I'm guessing, but he looks like our age. Uh, We're not the same age. He looks my age, maybe a little older. (laughs) He is. Dang, he's 40. Yeah, looking good. Looking good. Fantastic. Drop the skincare. Like. Damn, listeners, we're not the same age. I'm younger, but yeah, you you know, like, but what we would consider elder millennial. So yeah, yeah. and I think, I mean, you can really tell from the testimony, the difference there, like he has a handle on the fucking internet. He's not like, he's not like single finger typing. You know what I mean? Oh, it, the TikTok. Yeah. Like, like p- pushing his glasses down. and Yeah. It was like this conversation. It went so all over the board that that is what caused this increase in rise of like, why are we banning this such amazing app? And you brought in like all this anti-social media rhetoric that was kind of being poured out by these boomers in all honesty. Um, yeah. It just created like these younger generations are like, they want to ban shit. This is against the first amendment. Like we're being censored and it's just so 
I mean, that could be the whole point. Maybe the, maybe we are looking at exactly what the plan was supposed to be, <laughs> like getting right. the youngins angry to keep TikTok in America. I don't know. Well, yeah, and I, I hate that too because there is legitimacy in being worried about where my data is going. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm even distracted by the like, like I hate like how Congress handled it. And like, it's mm-hmm. really easy to make fun of them. And I'm distracted by about by it. But like, again, back to like me having my own TikTok, I post a lot of queer and trans content. Yeah. And if shit were ever to hit the fan in a scary way, like I'm legit frightened by the idea that it could be used to target me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, especially with like the concerning rise of like fascist ideology, not just in the US, but everywhere. And I, in fact, I just got chills talking about it. So it's like, yeah, I love these funny TikToks <laughs> making fun of US Congress. By the same token, it's important for us of any generation to like want to, a- I want Congress to actually ask the right questions i want them to get why we are concerned yes exactly. concerned look yeah like like and i think there's like a balance there you know Mm -hmm. but i i don't know about you i'm seeing a lot of our generation and younger and it seems like we are missing the concern the point (laughs) yeah Yeah. Um, like yeah i was gonna say like the internet how the internet kind of reacted to this was like just this week we're recording, I have seen YouTube reactor videos gone out in mass about how we are getting censored and why TikTok shouldn't be gone and why all these old folks are trying to like censor stuff. And it's just a lot. And well, and like I said before, I get the Pedro Pascal one way too many times. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. Like I'm over it. Pedro Pascal in general. I'm like, scroll like, but I feel like it also like people are into set men, like yeah, I was have like, your have your heart throb, it's fine, but sexual panic. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we've gotten to our tinfoil hat portion. If you'd like to I want to go over really quickly just exactly like why and what, well, no, I want to talk about what social media companies in general like TikTok, you know, maybe they run with Schmashbook or like Schminstagram or Schmitter, <laughs> even old Schmootube. Like, I want to talk about just like what they're actually collecting. So what people think they're collecting. Uh, I've heard the biggest argument is people are complaining that it's like a direct hit on the First Amendment. Is that possible? Yes. Yeah. As soon as you make something a law and you have now defined, like you've made this new definition for something, people are more likely to build off that than take away. So if we have now said the government can nationwide ban an app just because it's foreign, like that's going to set a new precedent. That's kind of scary. Yeah. Okay. So I want to take off my tinfoil hat real quick. Cause also just so everyone knows, like the department of justice, the Supreme court in the United States does have cases against YouTube, mama, Google, Mr. Meta, Twitter, like 
all of these different companies are also being affected in terms of the algorithm though, not necessarily data collection. Google and Facebook are both in their own individual uh, cases. I believe Facebook has to tie in with the terrorist attack in France, while the Google YouTube one is directly connected to the shooting at a club in Jordan. Both of the arguments are that ISIS content or like hate mongering content was being fed within their algorithm and being shown in mass to people because people were engaging with it. So our current social media companies are being already hassled for algorithms and whatnot. Whether or not TikTok gets affected by those laws, that's on Google and Meta and Twitter. It's really not on TikTok right now because the Supreme Court is making this decision about American companies. Interesting. I'm going to put my tinfoil hat back on too because I'm really interested if you've seen whether thoughts on this are divided by party lines, largely because we're talking First Amendment, we're talking government reach, Mm -hmm. and it's always been really interesting to me how, like, how the two different party systems we have here define those things, right? Like, because yeah. you have one side that's like, no government overreached on guns, mm-hmm. um, like on f- capitalism, essentially Anything. on corporations, it's on business. State decided, yeah, yeah, exactly. But then that same side on social issues is like block trans people from health care, ban abortions, et cetera. And then you have the other side, right? That's like, no, we we like social welfare issues and Mm -hmm. um, gun laws and yada, yada. And like, because it's like so blurry to me, because I'm like, it doesn't feel like you stick to one. I'm wondering, like, I don't, I don't, I actually don't know that I've seen I, I will say I'm in my own kind of echo chamber. Yeah, right? we and all are. We all are. And what yeah. I'm seeing is people making fun of this and being like, this mm-hmm. is stupid. But I do, I am definitely cu- like curious about what's what's the conversation like in conservative circles around this topic. Is it like, no, you can't, government shouldn't ban this free speech? Or is it like, yeah, ban it, save the children or whatever else, you know? Through my research for this episode, what I've noticed is conservatives tend to take the idea of like, we don't want a foreign country to have our information. What's weird is they will give that information happily to any American social media network, but that it's really like, unfortunately, because of it's China, like They are more convinced on the Chinese government aspect of it, of the Chinese government utilizing it. I would say more, I would align it more with like the Pakistan ban of conservatives believing that the Chinese are pushing certain agenda through the algorithm that's like going out. And I will say a lot of states, I think, um, I think Arkansas already, but more conservative states that are very heavily state government focused. Uh, they have already banned the apps. Like they were before a nationwide ban for federal devices anyway. Um, oh, yeah. So that's more of like the conservative side. Well, and I will say like, it, it would be remiss of us not to mention like anti-Asian sentiment in the United States yeah. 
I mean, has been going on since the advent of the United States. So, like, I would argue, like, no white person in this country can get away from that when we have when we throw discussions about Chinese government into any convo that we have, like we have to check that, mm-hmm. you know, right? Like, because yeah, it's, and communism and big scary boogeyman stuff that's been fed to us. It, it, yeah, it's just like nuanced and messy when we get into um, these kind of conversations. Yeah, I feel like sometimes there aren't people that can like disconnect the people from the government sometimes right like even in in the united states with conservatives and liberals if some people find out you're the other it's like you're the devil because you're on the same side as marjorie taylor green you're on the same side as bernie and aoc like and it's just no people might have their own thoughts i mean even on this technology thing like i have voted for the most part liberal throughout my life. I am independent though, so I can choose. I like my choice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, but you seem really, you have voted largely liberal, but you seem a little suspicious. Exactly. If I had not, if I have not been in the know since 2020, when like tech people have been talking about the things that people are collecting, damn, if I hadn't have gotten my literal face stolen by Facebook, like I have had my facial metrics stolen by Facebook. When I was living in Chicago, I got 18 damn dollars from that. Like this is is stuff that is happening. Yeah. And so the idea of it, yeah, I think it's possible. Do I think it's, do I think they're hand in hand doing it? I don't know is the government maybe tapping into it because there's not really that much security? I don't know. But like, this is information that they do have that they have it already. Yeah. And, and I think what's frustrating is it seems through the congressional hearings, we're not getting to the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we don't fucking know. Yeah. And I think that's also what I want to highlight with like this episode is what is what are all social media companies collecting when they're talking about data? They are not, for the love of sweet baby Jesus, talking about what you're looking at. They don't, it's not about what you're looking at. (laughs) Maybe, maybe it's about what you're looking at, but I want to give you the scenario of what could potentially happen. Maybe, let me get a good, I don't know. I'm going to have to use Barack Obama. (laughs) Let's Let's do it. Obama. China is like, we going after Obama. His daughters might be very active on TikTok. They could be posting his location. They post a video of him in Hawaii. Like they now know where he is. Maybe Obama's doctor posts on TikTok because he likes to clout chase. And so he goes, oh, Mr. Barack got his like chiropractor crack today. They know that. They're not collecting. They might be following someone with those breadcrumbs. They don't necessarily go, okay, I have a tracker sheet of where Barack Obama has been for the last 30 days. It's more of like, if they want to follow the breadcrumbs, they can figure stuff out from also that. So if my girls, Sasha and Malia are posting whatnot, Barack Obama is someone who his voice is out there. You can watch any speech. Um, His face is out there. 
we talked about it before deep fakes this is something that can is unfortunately happening within like the adult industry of influencers getting their likeness used in pornography but you can use his image and voice to do whatever you want with ai and you might be saying well tiktok's not doing that but anytime you use the ai filter to make yourself look like a renaissance painting like it's getting more and more accurate of what your face looks like how it moves, what it looks like when you're angry and sad, like it's getting more and more minute details, the more often you obviously feed it and post it or whatever. Oh, it's like, it's so scary. I mean, even when you said like talking about the deep fakes and how like, uh, here's the thing. It doesn't matter if like TikTok themselves is using it. Somebody can create a video that looks and sounds like a world leader Mm-hmm. saying whatever they want it to say yeah and like we already have issues with what is the truth mm-hmm. who do we believe etc like this is just not going to help anything oh, yeah. <laughs> you know and it's scary mm-hmm. by the way yeah. my friend will kill me if she actually listens to this but barack obama follows her on twitter I know it, oh, she's the, it's my friend in Ireland are are one of what? our five listeners in Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically what I'm saying is if anyone <laughs> wants to know where Barack Obama is, they should You're follow me in the direction of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, please. <laughs> please. Um, I, I, I hope you watched it. You probably didn't, though, because you hate me. I sent you an example <laughs> of what AI can do. Uh, my boyfriend watches the podcast Dudesy, which is ran by uh, from Mad TV Will Sasso and Chris Herterg. Oh my God, I'm sorry for that man. Oh my God. <laughs> but the whole show is generated by AI. They have given this AI character Dudesy access to all their social media, email, text messages ever. And he creates a show based off what they get engagement from, like what they have engaged in, what they think is funny. And they, it builds a script off that every week. And they read the script for their podcast. Yeah, they just do the script. Like that's the show. They don't prep at all. It's just like the script making it for them. And it'll keep learning based off like what they've talked about, what they've gone on rants on during the episode, all of that. Um, But anyway, for their Patreon account, Dudesy made an hour-long stand-up special by Tom Brady. Oh, yes. I did see this. You did send me this. And it was like... There's a YouTube video. And maybe when this goes out, I will post it on Instagram. But it is a four-minute promo for this hour. It's an hour-long stand-up by Tom Brady. And it's it's so bad. But because it's Tom Brady doing stand-up, you're like, his timing's off. But that kind of sounds like if Tom Brady was doing stand-up, like, this, like be off. This tracks. He would suck at it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I also was sitting here and I'm like, why do we write our scripts? Like, can we put all our stuff into AI? And No. Oh. We're anti. No. We want no. jobs. <laughs> yeah, we do want jobs. And yeah, I, I mean, we an episode though, if we do it like one episode, yeah. One episode where we're like AI generated this script. 
ideal alert. Okay. I know. Also, I hope that we have a discussion with someone on AI on the pod at some point, because I do think it's interesting, like, yeah, where is human value? Alert come? every one of our followers right now. We want to talk to someone about AI. So. Ding, ding. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. I do want to go into, we still have our tinfoil hats on everyone. Don't we let know. them being imaginary confuse you. They're here. Uh, I do want to talk about sussy behavior from China. There has been potential of election interference, specifically in this last year from China. There has been like discussions on whether or not something similar to what happened with Russia in 2016 that we know happened. Everyone go watch the great hack. Russia did interfere. But there is suspicion that China interfered with the last U.S. election. In addition to that, in Australia, Beijing linked donors, so donors from Beijing, were directly linked to paying prominent politicians, including the ex-senator Sam Dastari. Dasti. Dastari. Yeah. Yes. Uh, in an attempt to shape Australian foreign policy to be more in favor to China than its current BFF, America. There and in New Zealand, Taiwan, and parts of Southeast Asia, China has supported pro-Beijing business people in taking control of much of the local Chinese language media. Australia and Taiwan are both huge supporters of the United States, ally considered key allies in international play, especially with Putin being his cuckoo self over there. Um, last December, U.S. sent troops to Australia and along with a nuclear-powered submarine uh, so that they could not only learn how to use the nuclear-powered submarine in case of emergency, but also so that they can build them for themselves so that they can make a fleet if need be. Teach a man to fish. <laughs> <laughs> what is that saying? Whatever. We get it. Teach a man to fish. You He'll eat, eat all day. <laughs> He'll never stop eating. Fish are easy to catch, apparently, unless you watch alone and then you know. Mm. Do you watch alone? I do watch alone. Okay. I'm yeah. obsessed. I'm obsessed with it. It's hard the to first fit. season had the one dude that won and he was just like this dude from Georgia, like talking to himself the whole time. <laughs> I could watch him for the rest of my life. Incredible. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That was the whole timeline. Can you believe we went through what seven, eight years of history in just an hour? Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like that's what happened the last seven, eight years of my life. Either that or it's been 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as consumer, our mere plebeian Owen, what are your parting thoughts on this whole TikTok debacle? As the resident plebe, mm -hmm. I think my parting thoughts are, you know, not to take, we say this a lot on this podcast, but not taking things at face value. Mm -hmm. Um really digging into like the timeline, the, the broader details branching out from your usual viewpoints, always helpful to be like, well, how would other people think of this and why are they thinking that way? And yeah. why are, why doesn't that align with me or why does it? I think that that's going to be really important with this TikTok thing, because I think it's, they want I don't know who they are, but I think a lot of they's, they's, <laughs> they's want us to be distracted mm -hmm. um, 
by a lot of things. And I'm just fucking sick of that play. That's a great parting thought. <laughs> Mine would be as a marketer, I'm going to put on take off tinfoil and put on account manager helper hat and say, don't freak out right now. It's not going to happen overnight. Like it might not even happen. We might not have a ban because guess what? That trial was horrible, horrible. Yeah. Like there was not good points made in that trial. If they make any statements about foreign ads or foreign apps being on phones and if they were risk of national security, I mean, consider what they're collecting if it's such a big deal that the U.S. government's freaking out over it. Because the U.S. government doesn't care about what you're watching. They care about what you might be into, like what information you're intaking, but they don't care that you watch the like sped up cleaning videos they don't care that you're on pedro pascal tiktok it's like right it's not about the you it's about like the bigger picture of what could be done with facial recognition metrics with location tracking and all of that again is in the metadata of what you are posting on the platform and if people are posting you just as much yeah and if you see a balloon shoot it Oh, yeah. Please shoot down balloons, even if there's a little kid in it. Like, goddamn, get him down. Get him oh. down. Don't. Yeah. Like, hopefully you have good aim. Help a brother out. <laughs> um, so that is our podcast for today. Yay. Hopefully Danielle will let us keep doing it by ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you all so much for listening. I know I had a fun time prepping for this week's episode and getting to do a little bit of like rabbit hole digging. Did you hate it? I loved it. I thought it was so interesting. And also like I got, I started to get served more like of this content on my TikTok, which again, I found entertaining. So (laughs) thank you. So join us next Tuesday when we talk about children being online, what it's like after you grow up from being a child influencer. And if your parent was posting you a lot online and I'm so excited for this conversation. I think this is going to be juicy, especially given our conversation just earlier about TikTok. And honestly, yeah. Yeah. So join us next Tuesday when we have two Danielles rather than zero. Um, <laughs> make sure to subscribe on YouTube and watch our faces. Like us on Instagram and TikTok for little bitties of our faces and memes and funs. And we hope you listen to us more. Okay. Bye. <laughs>